we haven't been taught to partner. We've been, and when I say we Blacks in this country kind of pitted against one another. Who's the strongest? Who's, who's the this? Back to the slave days. Two talented and upcoming advisors saw an opportunity to evolve the financial planning profession. And despite the challenges that abound, they found each other, shared a vision, and unified their talents to great success. Today, we're breaking down the business marriage of two fire starters, Lizetta Rainey Braxton and Rianca Dorsonville. Welcome to the Advisor Growth Journey, an immersive podcast that breaks down real independent financial advisor stories about overcoming obstacles, embracing failure, and finding the strength to press forward. From building an independent firm to making key business decisions to navigating an acquisition, sale, or succession plan, the Advisor Growth Journey shares insights based upon real advisor scenarios, allowing you to confidently chart your course. Meet Rianca Dorsonville and Lizetta Rainey Braxton, a pair of dynamic industry icons that became partners at 2050 Wealth Partners in 2019. Today, the firm is growing quickly after merging three years ago, but on their way to an incredible partnership, the duo faced six years of courtship and some bumps in the road. But from the beginning, long before partnering with Lizetta, Rianca knew financial planning was the career path for her. I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I went to college. Um, I knew I loved math. I knew I loved people. And I never knew that there was actually a career path where those two loves coincide and merge together. And that was that was financial planning. Fell in love with the opportunity to not only learn where it was personally benefiting me, but it was information that was going to benefit everyone around me, especially my families. Rianca says from the beginning, she knew she wanted to bring wealth management to a broader community of people that needed it. The spirit of financial planning lives so deeply within me because at the core, it is information that is so, it feels like it's so sacred and it shouldn't be. It should be so accessible to so many people. However, it's not. And unfortunately, the profession, the industry that I grew up in, it was information that's held hostage to only people who have a million dollars or more. And so when I was a student and then early on in my profession, I noticed this and I was like, this isn't, this doesn't feel right. Like literally my heart was hurting every time I had to turn away a friend who was ascending in their career, um, who wanted to become a client of mine because they, Hey, you're a financial planner, right? Um, can you help me with this? And I'm just like, yeah, I can, I can help you on the side, but unfortunately you can't become a client of mine. It felt unfair to me that I couldn't work with people who looked like me. Both Lizetta and Rianca began their careers as financial planners in 2009 as independent solo RIAs. But the two met at a conference when Lizetta was president of the African American Advisor Association and Rianca came to attend the event. Someone recommended that Rianca attend one of the meetings that I, I led and uh, it's there where she identified herself, introduced herself and pretty much said, I'm a fixture in your life. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to or not, I'm here, honey. Uh, and which 
for me, it's so life-giving. Um, I, I love people. Uh, like Rianca, I grew up in a family that was just extremely welcoming to, to anyone. And also, I, I have a passion for the younger generation. I believe in having voice. And one of the populations in our industry that typically does not have voice is the younger generation. And so I know I have so much to learn from, from others and her energy and determination actually reminded me of myself. And then of course, the way that I'm structured, I'm like, if there's energy, how do we put that to work? <laughs> for which I did. At the time, Rianca was considering becoming the president of the FPA Next Gen Association, but wasn't sure if she could handle the role, and Lizetta really helped empower her. We were on the conversation you know, phones for like three hours at a time. Like, what you do when you're dating someone? <laughs> Talking about everything. And for us to both have this passion centered on the well-being of our family, you know, our parents, her Nana uh, as well, and saying something has to change. It shouldn't be so much struggle and stress. And as first generation wealth builders, we both were just carrying the weight of our family, the weight of our world um, as the very few certified people of color, financial planners as well too. So the leadership the, the drive for the profession wrapped in a care that's centered on our families, extended to our colleagues and greater to the community. Um, our, our love for the model that we shared, which was fee-only, advice-driven as well, too. And so we just hit, we hit it off. So after volunteering with Quad A and the FPA, Rianca knew she wanted to build a practice with Lizetta. So... After, you know, the volunteerism, I see her work ethic. I, I'm just like, whoa, we on the same wavelength, honey. Like we, we, we jiving. And then I'm just like, so, so what are you doing with your, with your firm? Right. And so she's telling me what she's doing, how she's working with clients. I'm like, listen, we kind of doing the same thing. We have a different way of getting there, but the, how, like the, the end result is the same. And she spoke so very client centric, which is me as well. And fee only, which is me, advice driven, which is me. I was like, okay, so what are we doing? <laughs> so we, we, what are we going to do here? Despite Rianca's enthusiasm, Lizetta was wary. But we did have a long courtship. <laughs> and that was because of me. You know, she did the full court press. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. There are boundaries here. I'm not sure if you're ready for the package that is Lizetta Rainey Braxton. <laughs> um, you know, being a mom um, with a husband that we, you know, moved a lot, traveled a lot, changed, you know, jobs and the like, and just, just a lot going on. And now I realize through my own journey, a lot was going on also because of how I was wired, um, which was not the healthiest thing. You know, the, the black woman who takes on the world, that was me. I'm like, I'm taking it on. That's what I'm supposed to do as a black woman. And I didn't want to subject anyone else up close to what that really looks like, trauma and all. And she, had, she hung in there uh, with me for years. <laughs> I think about six. <laughs> we six. traveled together. We masterminded together. And then it came that moment of truth. She was like, 
either I'm going to merge, I'm going to say, I'm going to do something, but I do not want to do this alone. And I was like, whoa, I'm not letting you get away. <laughs> and it happened 2019 in the fall. We were like, we're doing this. We're getting married. We're getting married. We're getting married. And we got married. Like any good marriage, when it comes to a partnership, many advisors struggle with committing to the right partner. James Fisher, the vice president of mergers and acquisitions at FB Transition, says it all comes down to fit. What I tell advisors when it comes to fit is that fit is paramount. Uh, deal terms are certainly important, but if if there isn't synergies and cultural alignment and fit between uh, the two firms that are either looking at merging or between an acquire or and and the practice that they're looking at acquiring then deal terms are just numbers on a piece of paper. And I, I'm always asked, what do I mean by fit? Well, I, I mean, you see the world through the same lens as the partner firm that you're uh, looking to merge with or be acquired by and vice versa. It's, it's a two-way street. So you need to understand the viewpoint that they take on things like investment philosophy, uh, their firm goals, their uh, their growth and their intended growth over the next five, 10 years, their firm's culture. There's a lot that goes into defining what fit is. And it's not a list of 10 things that if you check off six of the 10 boxes, you've assured alignment. You could be aligned on you know, eight of the 10 fit criteria and still not be a good fit for the firm that you're in discussions with. So it is really crucial that firms do focus on what they feel is important to them in finding that ideal partner firm. And a lot of folks refer to uh, the, the participants as buyers and sellers. And, and I just think that's, uh, that's, that's too, uh, too I, I like to refer to these folks as partners, because that's truly what we're looking for. We're not looking for someone just to come in and buy uh, the assets of an organization or to buy the equity of that organization. It needs to be a true partnership. And the only way you get that is by focusing on the fit. Rianca and Lizetta agreed this resistance to partnership was more than just about business. We have, as Black women, a very hard time asking for help. We have a hard time asking for help and it can be a, a Marriott of, of, of reasons. I will share a fear with you that I just recently had an epiphany of and shared it recently with Lizetta. I have a fear of, of letting go of control because the fear of disappointment. And I've been disappointed so many times in my life that I just don't ask for help anymore. And so with Lizetta, I had no fear of being disappointed. We haven't been taught to partner. We've been, and when I say we Blacks in this country, kind of pitted against one another. Um, who's the strongest? Who's, who's the this? Back to the slave days. I didn't have a model. And even though I had gone to predominantly white institutions and I would see, you know, my colleagues come out of business school, MBA out of business school, like forming business together, like it's customary that you grow your babies and your businesses together. I'm like, hmm, 
this is interesting, but it still felt extremely foreign. The other aspect of this is shame. I, even though I had started my firm in 2008, I didn't realize how pioneering it was at the time. I was married to, a, you know, a man, my husband now, who was moving up the career ladder in different states. Having a business, a relational business at that time, people wanted to go local. I didn't have a local presence. Every time we moved, we had to stop and start. And then I wanted to serve a segment that nobody wanted to touch. Middle income, mass affluent, no models out there, right? So I am sitting here beating myself up saying, why am I not super successful? I have, you know, I know my craft. I know business well. I love people. I have the heart, you know, all of these things. How come it's not coming together? But I just knew in terms of this call, this is what I'm supposed to do. But yet it didn't dissipate the shame. And then when you marry that with not having money, the revenue that you want as a part of our entrepreneur, the entrepreneurial blues for no one really told me how, how awful <laughs> it is. And then you layer that with um, feeling responsible for everything. I, I just, I just didn't know the breakthrough. I just, I just didn't know um, how deep the um, the trauma was. But I felt it, and I didn't want anybody else to feel it. I'm like, I'm gonna figure this out, and that's why I was so dedicated to other black professionals. And how are you gonna get married if you're not happy? With yourself. A lot of new advisors can struggle without a great partner, according to John Pastore of Integrated Partners. I think the first thing that I could recommend to any young person in the business or anybody that's new in the business is partner up with somebody that's more experienced. Your learning curve will skyrocket. Start there. You can take all the good pieces of that person and incorporate it and leave all the stuff that you don't like behind. So the person that's your mentor does not have to be perfect. And I think that that could give you access. You know, most advisors now are, are, are dealing with a capacity issue and they need an outlet. Though on the exterior, she was ready to dive into the deep end. Rianca admits she was also wary. 2015, I was super scared and I never wanted to go on this journey alone. However, very similar to Lizetta's sentiments is just like, I don't know what this looks like. And if I'm the captain of this ship, I want to go down by myself and bring no one with me. And I remember a couple of months after I launched a another known black woman CFP, she approached me and she wanted to kind of partner and merge together. And I, at that time, she just entered into the financial planning profession, no experience, but through her personal experience of personal finances, she uh, had decided to take, take the path of being a CFP. And um, I had, I was like about three months into my new, new firm. I was like, listen, I'll help you as much as you want, but I, I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> I don't want to take you down with me. It's a, it's a fear of doing something you have not seen illustrated before. There's no other entrepreneurs in my family. There's no other small business owners in my family. 
I had to build my firm at, on our family capital between my husband and I, um, personal capital. We didn't have any funders. I didn't have a parent that's, that stroked me a $25,000 check to deposit into my business. This was literally self-funded. And yeah, I, it, it was a, a lot of nerves. Um, very similar to what Lizetta had mentioned about the entrepreneur blues, which I don't think many people talk about. The first year of business externally, it, it may have looked like I was extremely happy, but internally I was so lonely. The entrepreneur blues is something that's so real that if you are an entrepreneur listening to this, understand that you're not alone. It is normal feeling that way and get out there. Rianka says sometimes it's all about persistence. It was true. She didn't want to marry me, but I was like, it's okay. I'll continue to court you, honey. We can continue to court. Just, and I <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll just continue to court. And over time, I think then you start to trust because there, there's certain levels of trust when it comes to friendships. So we transition from being colleagues to friends, to then sisters, to now business partners. Lizetta said from the beginning, the duo promised each other total transparency. We learned very early the importance of being raw and open and lived into that even if it felt uncomfortable because we both experienced in work environments where people were just harmful and hurtful. And we didn't want that for each other. And so we wanted to remove any undercurrents, any of the emotions that hadn't been addressed or space for emotions to be addressed that shows up in other ways, right? Rianka agreed it was all about communication. Going into partnership should not be taken lightly. You continue to hear Lizetta and I share about, about our partnership as if it's a marriage because it is. You go into a legal agreement with someone with the best intentions in mind. When you go into a business partnership you have to not only think about the beginning, but the end as well. Unlike in a marriage, unless you have a prenup, but I don't have a prenup in my marriage. There's going to be some very hard times. There's going to be some good times. But at the end of the day, we are not going to let each other fail. That was my version of marriage. And then when you come into a business marriage, it's something just a little bit different because you do have to think about the end in mind. Taking the long view with a partnership can be difficult. Yeah, I think it's important for advisors considering a merger to make sure that they understand what it means to, to merge your practice with someone else. Um, this is a decision that shouldn't be taken lightly, and you certainly shouldn't enter into a merger conversation with the idea that this is going to be limited in its duration. Unlike an asset sale where you're selling your business to someone else, a merger is typically two firms coming together with the idea that you, they're going to take one plus one and make it equal three, four, or five. 
So again, it, it's important to understand the implications. Scott Leak of FP Transition said, it's all about finding your strengths and helping them drive the partnership forward. So for entrepreneurs struggling in their first few years, what I would say is hang in there for starters. Uh, it's not uncommon for, for there to be struggles in those first few years. Um, you want to stay the course with what's working and you want to experiment with some new things as well and look at guidance and benchmarks and look at things that uh, have been proven to work for others, uh, but don't do anything that isn't necessarily within your wheelhouse. If Lizetta said, of course, the partnership faced its challenges. The challenges of what comes along with two people who have different ways of going about things. But what held us together is that our ultimate outcome was always the same. The ultimate vision was always the same. And obviously, you know, everybody's got an ego. You know, you're running your own shop <laughs> and you're trying to combine have more cooks in the kitchen. It's like, huh, what does this really look like or supposed to look like as we're both figuring this out as married couples, right? So it's just so funny. We keep going back to the marriage and knowing that the intimacy, when you're sharing money, <laughs> how much more intimacy can you get? <laughs> than that. Then, just as the partnership was beginning to take off, life began to get in the way for the duo. Lizetta's husband got a new job in a new state, a new assistant financial planner they had hired decided to quit after three months, and Rianca's son decided to arrive early. So I'm like, let this be a sign unto you. <laughs> so, you know, the perfect plan was it, it was just all jokes to God, you know? And that's what keeps us knowing that challenges are really not challenges. They're just opportunities because we know that this is what we're supposed to be doing together. We just don't know how it's going to turn out. And in our human way of how we are designed, we're going to plan it, but also know how to pivot <laughs> as well, too. And so, you know, when Rianca has to go on bed rest, like the team that we have built no longer existed. And then, like you said, it's 2020. Rianca has a baby right at the pandemic start. My daughter, you know, is not in school. And then we're in New York. So we're one of the hot cities that's going along. And then George Floyd's situation happens. It's like, you can't make this stuff up. So what's the secret to a great partnership? Rianca has some thoughts. Our partnership, I feel, has worked so well because we separate church and state. We separate business and personal. We have a sisterhood. We have a covering and covenant over each other outside of our business. And so we can have very hard conversations. And I don't want to make this episode sound all peaches and cream because there were some rotten tomatoes as well. <laughs> okay. And I don't even eat tomatoes. <laughs> but there were some rotten tomatoes, okay? And however, there were some crying sessions. There were some very vulnerable, hard sessions. So I don't want y'all to think that this is, has been easy, but we're able to smile here and we're able to laugh through the pain because we went through it. And so we can have a very hard conversation, end it, 30 minutes later, Lizetta is FaceTiming me because she wants to see her nephew, Remy. 
forget what we just said (laughs) on the call 30 minutes later, because it's a separation of church and state. So I think when you go into a partnership with someone as well, you, you have to separate that. And it's just like a marriage. You're never supposed to go to bed mad or angry at your spouse or your partner, because you don't know if you're both going to wake up the next day. And so before your feet leaves that ground and hit the bed, good night, love you. And even with Lizetta and I, even though we may have a disagreement, we'll end the call, won't say I love you all the time, but you know I love her. You have to kill your ego in a, in a business and in a partnership. You have to have security within yourself. You have to have confidence within yourself. Because then if you don't, you go into comparison. And as we all know, comparison is the thief of joy. When Lizetta gets opportunities, when she's on CNBC, I'm trying to record it and put it on my Instagram stories. You see my girl? Go ahead, girl. When she's getting these keynotes, yes. Did you up your fee, honey? So... But, there, but there's no envy. So again, you have to be secure within yourself. You have to know what's for you is for you and no one can take it away. So if you want to be in a partnership like this, like this, like this partnership with, with Lizetta and I, you have to know that what's for you is for you and no one can take it away. Also, being secure within yourself, don't have envy. And just be, just know that this is a ride that you're going to go on and it's going to be a journey. And we know it's not linear. Nothing in life is a linear journey. There's going to be up and downs, but if past performance is indicative of future performance, like the S and P 500, we are going to go up, honey. (laughs) At the end of the day, a great partnership is better than just the sum of its parts. The duo is growing quickly and looking for more opportunities to expand from here they're looking to potentially acquire another practice. The power of partnership, the power of partnership. (laughs) One plus one does not equal two when you bring Rianca and Lizetta together. No, it's it's so much more and I knew it and I knew it and I knew it at the core of my heart and that's why I didn't let go. I didn't let up because I saw it. I saw this vision boastful but you know (laughs) hey if the shoe fits we is gonna wear it okay (laughs) but yeah one plus one doesn't equal two with us because it it is so much more like the industry for so long has pushed us and wanted us to stay within this box and we are so much more than just financial planners When you are a financial planner in corporate America, they expect you to adhere to your title. And that's where, and that's where we go wrong. That's how you lose your top talent. That's how, that's why you cannot retain your top talent. You are not allowing them to tap into their greatness. You are not allowing them to tap into their full self. You are only getting that ounce of what this person wants to give you you are not tapping into their human capital and what Lizetta and I do for each other is we tap into each other's human capital I was so afraid of putting my hat in the ring for FPA's 
next-gen presidency. She tapped into my human capital. She's like, girl, why, why not? Why not? And there's been so many other opportunities that I was afraid to tap into my own greatness, but she saw it and vice versa. There's so much Lizetta has been afraid of. And I'm just like, why, why not you? Why not you, honey? Why not you do it? Nope. I'm gonna stand here until you do it. Yep. Send that email. Screen share, screen share, do it, do it. Thank you for listening to the advisor growth journey podcast. This podcast is produced by Proudmouth and directed by Jess Flynn of FP Transitions and Matt Ackerman of Integrated Partners. We hope today's story provided insights to serve you on your wealth management journey. Even the most profitable and well-known advisors have faced difficult decisions and made numerous course corrections before hitting their stride. If you have a story you'd like to share with other advisors, please visit advisorgrowthjourney.com and message our team. In the meantime, click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Content in this material is for general information only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and no guarantee of future results. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member of FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Integrated Partners, a registered investment advisor and separate entity from LPL Financial.